Welcome to Rolling with Ray. I hope everybody had a great new year. In this episode of Rolling with Ray, you will meet a remarkable man by the name of Roy Tuscany. Roy has a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from the University of Vermont. Roy had aspirations and dreams of becoming a professional world-class skier. But in 2006, he sustained a spinal cord injury as a result of a ski accident in while he was training. Roy went on and created a nonprofit organization called High Fives Foundation. High Fives Foundation enables athletes to get back into their sport after they have sustained a life-threatening injury. It's my pleasure and my honor to introduce you today to Roy Tuscany, the founder of High Fives Foundation. Well, Roy, thank you for being on uh, Rolling with Ray's podcast today. Hey, Ray, you know what? Me and you, we got good names. We just got vowels that are different between the two of us. So I'm so pleasured to be on here with you today. And awesome. I hope I don't screw it up. I feel like I might. I might say Ray or Roy at the same time. So hopefully no. we get it all good. Well, we'll get it all good. Before I start off, I want to thank you and Maddie for sending me my apparel that I'm wearing today. I'm wearing a high fives uh, cap, a hoodie, and a shirt underneath. So I appreciate you guys sending me my apparel for today's show. You know, if everybody looked as good as you did in that, we'd sell it. We'd sell out <laughs> unstoppably. But thank you very much for having me on here. It's an absolute honor and looking forward to chatting with you today, sir. Great. So, Roy, had you always dreamed of being a, uh, a skier uh, or a professional skier? Because I know that uh, you grew up in Vermont and then uh, you're actually right now in Truckee, California. So uh, had you always dreamed of, of becoming a professional skier? You know, I, I had always wanted to become a skier as in the term of that was my occupation. Um, I would find many ways to make money from coaching to working with sponsors to, you know, incentives and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I started skiing in third grade because my mom gave me the choice in the winter to either play hockey or go skiing. And, well, I weighed like 42 pounds in third grade. I was this little kid and from Vermont. The kids that played hockey were already like 18 year olds, like six foot two and 180 pounds. So I picked skiing. <laughs> from my understanding is that uh, I hear that once you're born in up north, especially up like in Canada and Vermont, that uh, you're born with uh, ice skates. <laughs> Uh, no, you're born in an igloo, actually. Born in an igloo. <laughs> Roy, can you actually describe how your accident how your accident occurred, and uh, can you explain to our viewers what Mammoth Mountain is like? Yeah, so Mammoth is in kind of the the central um, central area of California. It's in the it's in the you know the monster mountains that are that make up California. Um, it's one of the biggest resorts in the world. Um, and it also has a really big train park following. Train parks are um, ski jumps and rails and different um, items that you can do freestyle tricks off. And on the morning of April 29th of 2006, I was down in Mammoth for a coach's retreat. I was coaching for Sugar Bowl Academy at the time. And we had gone down there for a retreat 
And um, first run of the day, I, I basically went against all the things that I was teaching my kids at the time. And uh, first run of the day, I went 130 feet on a 100-foot jump. I came down from 30 feet on my skis, and the resultant impact into the snow first fractured my T12 vertebrae into my spine, um, causing paralysis from the belly button down. I was life-flighted on a cold blue from Mammoth up to Reno, Nevada and had emergency surgery to put two rods, 16 screws, and two plates into my back to stabilize and remove the pressure off my spinal cord and, you know, start this long road to recovery and, and completely have a life-changing injury that, you know, changed the course of my life. And uh, that's kind of the story of my accident. So you're laying on the snow there, I'm probably on the bottom of the hill. What came across your mind can you tell our our viewers, and did you just lay there and think, oh my God, my life is over? You know, actually what I did was I um, I reached into my pocket and I had a cell phone and there I called uh, the head coach and, and kind of what I remember explained to him where I, what happened, where I was and what was needed. And then unfortunately, I, I think I either went into some type of shock, um, maybe I died. Um, you know, obviously the code blue from Mammoth to Reno is the, the code the, the hospital system uses to say that this individual is on the brink of death. Um, but the next thing that happened was an air mask got put on my face and all these people were around me and it, it looked as if they had just watched a, like a puppy uh, get hit by a car like right in front of them. And I knew right then and there that it was super serious. And, you know, my actual next thought actually went to this time when I was a little kid when I jumped off a building and had landed on my tailbone. And the first thing a teacher said was, hey, can you wriggle your toes? And <laughs> I remember trying to wiggle my toes right then and there. And unfortunately, I couldn't even I couldn't even tell where my toes were. Wow. Roy, after your accident, can, after your accident, can you describe some of your most challenging things that you had to go through in life? Um, identity. I think that's like one of the biggest things, you know. You have this identity of who you were before and who you are now pre and post accident. Um, you know, that idea of life changing injury, your life's going to change. And I think, you know, it takes a long time. I mean, 17 years later, I'm still, you know, kind of figuring out who I am post injury. So I don't think it's something that just like, aha, now we're this. But I think like identity was a really hard thing. Um, you know, one of the hardest things that I think you know, that I think High Fives, the foundation that I helped started really helps is gives community after that acute rehab component. Um, one of the biggest struggles that I have, you know, speaking of identity was like, when you're, in, when you're in rehab, everyone around you has the goal of recovering and everyone there is to support your recovery. And when you leave these walls, which you think during the time, oh my God, I can't wait to leave, I can't wait to leave, I don't wanna be in the hospital. But then you realize when you get out in the world that there's very few people that are there, that are going through a recovery, um, that are there to support you. And it, it makes it really hard that at that time, you're also, um, you know, makes it really tough to, you know, battle the idea of identity. So I think those were two things out of the gate that I was not prepared for, or that I had no role model or, or no mentor to give me the opportunity to, to really understand what a life-changing injury truly means behind just the physical aspect of it. Well, just to let you know, I, I'm 40, 41 years post-injury, uh, spinal cord, C5, C6, complete quad. Uh, you're exactly right about the identity. 
uh, it changes your entire life and uh, you know but I've overcome that and uh, I've done f really well for myself and uh, it seems like you've done really well for yourself so yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear that I, I'm totally glad to hear that can you tell me what inspired you to start High Fives Foundation? Um, you know, I think what inspired me was the fact that there, there was nothing like it. And I knew I was now a part of a, a really small niche group of individuals, but the individuals were some of the most passionate people before and after life that I wanted to make sure had a platform or a voice or an advocate. And realizing that there wasn't that, I, I came up with the idea that I wanted to help others like I got help. Um, when I got hurt, the academy that I worked for had set up an umbrella fund underneath their nonprofit that gave me the opportunity to have funds raised for myself that would be used for my recovery. That then hit me that, you know, I, I got to pay it forward. All these people believe in me. I've got to work hard. I've got to update them. It was a motivational factor that gave me the opportunity to understand what it means to pay it forward. And when High Five started, I had no idea what I was creating, a, a movement, a community, an ohana, uh, a physical support system, so many different you know, avenues. But at the end of the day, what was really created was the opportunity to provide a community that was underserved to feel like maybe someone's serving them right now. And high fives now, you know, 13, 14 years later is, um, you know, nearing 600 individuals that have sustained life-changing injuries that we've provided support to and, that, and many other factors and programs that we do. That's great. Uh, that, I guess that was my next question is how, <laughs> how, many, how many athletes have y'all served and it's well over 600 athletes or people that uh, can get back into their sport in an adaptive type of way? You know, and, and you know, since I kind of already answered that, I, I want to further what they said there. Athlete is just a term that we use. I, I never liked the idea of recipient, grantee, awardee. It feels very like generalized. And a lot of the folks that we work with that, that have sustained these life-changing injuries, they either have happened in the outdoor sports, so they had an athletic mindset uh, previous to their injury, or it's individuals that have now sustained a life-changing injury. They're saying, wait a second. I have this opportunity, this new perspective on life, this new lens, and they get into adaptive sports. Well, High Fives wants to step in and, and provide that to them. So anybody with a goal in the adaptive sports world or in the recovery of a life-changing injury is an athlete, or you could call them an awardee, a grantee, a recipient, a, whatever you want. But at the end of the day, anybody with a goal is an athlete. And we've served nearly 600 now today, uh, over $7 million in, in funding alone just to them and, and, you know, just endless positive stories that we've been able to share of these individuals overcoming and, you know, getting forward in their life. That's awesome that uh, you're paying it back and giving back to others. That's, that's, that's an awesome story. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, CR Johnson Healing Center? Yeah, I'm actually sitting in it right now. I'm in the conference room of a 6,000 square foot facility that when opened was originally 587 square feet, very small. But over the existence and the expansion of the time, we've been able to create a space that provides no cost, no question, um, healing to individuals with life-changing injuries, and then also to the community here in Truckee Tahoe. Uh, the community is a, you know, they, they pay insurance, whatever, to the individuals. But anybody we serve can come to our facility and get all treatments from 
one-on-one -on -one, uh, physical therapy, one-on-one -on -one personal training, cold plunge, uh, massage, acupuncture, and a couple other modalities of healing along with just recently added a, a mental health suite to also take on the mental side of things as well through a licensed trained uh, therapist. So I-Fives is inside of the C.R. Johnson Healing Center, which was named after a close friend that sustained two traumatic brain injuries. And unfortunately, the second one took his life. But um, it was really wild. The day he passed away, he wrote himself a note. And the note said um, his five goals. And his fifth goal was uh, charity work with Roy. So when his parents found the note, um, the day after he passed away, they got in contact with me. And we've created a lifelong friendship and a lifelong legacy of their son by creating this space that was really, um, you know, a brainchild of me and him all the way back in 2006, as we were both recovering from similar life-changing injuries, him being a TBI and mine being a spinal cord injury. You should be very proud of yourself. You've done a lot of great things. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Hey, Ray, I, I never got to ask you, how did you get hurt, sir? So uh, I was uh, 16 years old and um, I was involved in a car accident and the, the guy driving fell asleep at the wheel. And uh, we had just finished a, a high school football game. And uh, it was an annual ritual for uh, the team to go celebrate at the nearby lake. And uh, uh, we were just coming back and we had a long day. And uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, I'm the one who, who, who had the, uh, the, the, the brunt of it all. Uh, so, uh, I woke up, uh, at St. Paul's hospital in Dallas, uh, in traction and, uh, it's in my book. So you ever get a chance to read it. I know I've sent you a copy of my book called the life I didn't expect facing adversity and winning. It's a very powerful book. You, 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 you would really enjoy that. You know, I actually started your book and then I left it here at my office previous to the holiday. And I'm not kidding you. I think we got. I, like 30 feet of snow. Uh, so I live in Reno. My office is in Truckee. We're about 30 miles apart from each other. And um, we literally got about 30 feet of snow wow. between the time I, I opened your book and the time I left for holiday. And I just could not get back here. I'm not even kidding you. So um, I, I have it. I'm back here now, as you can see. But yeah, Tahoe is is wild. This past week at one time, let's think of this. We got eight inches of snow in one hour. <laughs> I don't see how y'all do it up there or down there or to the West. Because uh, yeah. uh, I was down in Miami for Christmas and, uh, you know, Dallas had their, their big, uh, I guess, cold freeze that came through. A cold front came in. And I think it was nine degrees uh, here in Dallas. And I was in 82 warm, 82 degrees in warm weather in Miami. So uh, I kind of missed the three or four days uh, here. So, uh I was kind of the glad that of, the three days of winter in Dallas. Right. Yeah, it, yes. it's tough, y'all. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Roy, can you tell me about one of your uh, sports camps that y'all put on? Yeah, you know, actually, I'll talk about one that we do with a, an amazing foundation based out of Dallas. Um, it's called Adaptive Training Foundation. Um, they're based up in Carrollton, uh, just north of Dallas. They are a 28,000-square-foot facility that provides nine weeks of personal training for individuals that have sustained life-changing injuries. Um, originally started uh, veteran-specific, but now um, do everything from first responders to uh, police to military across the, across the gamut. And um, what's cool is at the end of nine weeks, 
they bring the nine weeks together in culmination with a one week, what they call deployment, um, using a lot of the same tactics that military uses from boot camp, from boot camp then on um, to a deployment. And unlike deployments in the military, this one has three letters that are focused on F-U-N, fun. And our partnership with them, it's called Military to the Mountains. So every year we select 35 individuals that have sustained excuse me, life-changing injuries while serving our country. And we put them through nine weeks of personal training um, down in Dallas. And then the class comes either here to the Reno Tahoe area or one class goes to Granby Ranch, Colorado, which is a little bit outside of um, the Winter Park area. And what happens during that week is we use the skill sets that they used over the last nine weeks from physical, mental, social um, growth to culminate and show success by being snowboarding down the mountain. You know, some of the best things that have happened out of this, and Ray, you might be able to speak to this being a boy from Texas. Many of the guys, when they show up, uh, it's the first time they've seen snow. Um, it's the first time they've ever been on snow. And you watch from a lot of perspective of other adaptive programs that a lot of times the individuals that are showing up, they're trying the sport for the first time, but they might not be so much physically, emotionally, socially as ready as this crew. And what happens is what usually takes a week of progression happens in like one day because they're so just dialed from the nine weeks. And then the next four days of this camp, we're talking about some of the fastest growing skiing and snowboarding, like kind of like progression I've ever seen amongst a group of individuals. You also add in the fact that they're military um, guys that only believe guys and gals that believe in the idea that, you know, getting to the top of the mountain means success. Uh, they don't care how they get down. Um, so it's always a little bit of a wild uh, time as well. But at the end of the week, um, the 10 weeks uh, culminate. The biggest goal is safety first and also then, you know, brotherhood, sisterhood, uh, rebonding, recreating. And what we use as a term from Hawaii, ohana, meaning family. It's the family that's not blood. It's the family that you choose. It's just a creation and expansion of that high fives ohana. And it, it works for our military to mountain program. It's, it's one of our many programs that we use sport as a byproduct of community uh sport is a way to connect people through community through any way and, and create community again and i, I think that's such a, a secret sauce of what we do here at high fives so is high fives just in the usa or would you consider it to be global uh we use the term north america uh we do services in canada and then we have services folks down in mexico as well um, but outside of that, the bylaws, the amount of paperwork, and just, you know, we're, we're still only able to serve 50% of the applicants that are applying from North America. If we get to the point where we have the funds available to serve 100% of our applicants, well, then maybe it does make sense for us to go for a global approach. But until that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that we can serve everybody within what I would call our radar and then hopefully be able to inspire others in other countries to, to form or create other organizations that are built around the idea of what High Fives does. It you know, reconnects people with sport through community after life-changing injuries. That's awesome. That, that's just unbelievable story. That you're, you're doing a lot of great things, Roy. Can you tell me what, what drives Roy Tuscany? You know, for the longest time, I think there was a lot of different, you know, variables that drove me. Um, but now what drives me more than anything is I, I got this little three-year-old, his name's Gunner. He's like the coolest human in the world. Um, my wife and I are super lucky to have this amazing little boy in our life. And so 
you know, what used to be like, you know, how much can I get done and how much can I accomplish? It's now how much can I get done? How much can I get accomplished? But also how can I do it in the most efficient way now so that I don't interrupt these moments with my little dude. And I think that's like my biggest takeaway now. That's, that's my driving force now. I think, you know, I think everybody has a, a different driving force. Um, but now my driving force right now is just like efficiency, get it done, spend as much time with Gunner as possible. That's awesome. How do you measure success in life? Um, you know, I think we could use the Caddyshack uh, line here uh, by height, but um, that's not actually uh, a true statement. I think success yeah. in life is how one can help others create joy. And, you know, joy is a joy is an emotion. Um, it's something that we get to feel in an experience. And it's a euphoric experience when one gets to have that moment, especially if, you know, you've had those moments of, you know, have you hit rock bottom? Have you, have you seen the bottom of the valley? Have you not been to the top of the mountain and got to see the great view for a while? So if that opportunity lies within one individual to provide that through a collection of others and provide joy, well, then the more joy that you can spread in the world, well, then that's success. Um, I don't think there's a monetary. It's probably, you know, cheesy to be like, it's a MasterCard commercial. It's priceless. But that really is what joy is. There is no way to, to buy joy. You know, the, the richest people in the world, they're not happy. And some of the most joyful people in the world are probably the poorest. So money has nothing to do with it. Um, so I think that's, 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 that's how you measure success is, is how can you as an individual provide joy to others? I totally believe that. And also, uh, you got to include love in there, man. You, you, you got to have love in you. And if you don't have love in you, man, uh, there's no, no need for us to even survive or be on this planet. You know, it's really wild. You know, when you operate from your heart and you know, when you operate from your mind and it's such a different version of yourself. And when you can operate from your heart strategically, it's an absolute, you know, joyful experience that you get to share with others. But when you sometimes get inside your mind too much and you forget to operate from your heart, damn it, do you do dumb things, huh? Right, exactly. Where do you <laughs> where, where do you see Roy and uh, the foundation in ten years from now? You know, um, you know, the, this like long term goal that I've had, and I don't know if it's ten years. I mean, it's probably more longer than that. Maybe it's the legacy that is me that's that's left after I'm done doing what I've done on this planet. But you know. I know for a fact that everybody knows that when you see a blue um, placard and the blue placard, um, you know, means you can park in a disabled spot. Well, I would love that same thing for an individual that's participating in adaptive sports. Individuals that, you know, maybe are, let's say, you know, physically not as um, visible to the eye, the disability. And so maybe there's a way that shield that we've created, you know, the shield for high fives that maybe one day it could become the universal icon for an adaptive athlete. And, you know, maybe that's the, the long term in 10 years. I don't know, man, I'm pretty happy. We, we do, you know, a little between four to $5 million raised per year. We disperse, um, you know, 80% of that through all the different programs that we serve here beyond just our grants and camps programs. And I think from that, that's, it's a really great fun place to be, you know, will we get bigger? Maybe, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I think what has happened um, is we have created the opportunity for not only 600 individuals that would have never gotten a different perspective on recovery, 
but also this really cool collection of individuals that the foundation employs. And I think, you know, if anything, I'd love to grow the workforce here so that High Fives has the opportunity to not only impact more, but also individuals that work for the foundation to get the impact of doing the philanthropic charitable work and the impact work that, that High Fives does from an organizational standpoint. My last question is, can you share one thing to our viewers that we don't know about you? All right, Ray, I will, I will share something that you don't know. Some people do know this about me, but my lifelong goal, my lifelong goal is to become a professional auctioneer. Um, I auctioneer for our foundation and a couple other um, foundations that I'm close with. It's a unique um, opportunity that I get to do and, and get to share. And it's kind of my gift to others. I'm no rich man. I can tell you that much, but I am really good at raising money. I'm good at raising money for high fives and a couple other select charities that I use my auction skills for. And, um, you know, hopefully one day, maybe I'll get to auction off some cattle or a car, um, you know, go to the Barrett Jackson and talk really fast there. I, I don't know, but auctioneering is, is definitely the, the one thing that, you know, not many people know, but my true passion in life is to become a professional auction. Well, Roy, I really appreciate you being on the show and you've done some great things in your life and continue the success with High Fives Foundation. And uh, next time I'm ever through uh, California or Reno, I'll uh, make sure to come by Truckee, California. All right, sir. I look forward to that. Next time in Dallas, which I, I, I frequent a lot, I'll make sure to look you up. And like I said, Adaptive Training Foundation, Carrollton, Texas. Look them out. They're incredible. The most incredible recovery stories come out of that facility right there. So and, and I if, hope you get to check it out in person. And if anybody wants to reach out to you or to um, – High Fives Foundation is highfivefoundation.com. Yeah, or.org. And we're really active on social media channels as well. So go right there and check us out there too. And, you know, what a great opportunity it is to chat with you. And I look to finish your book, you know, 30 Feet of Snow got it between the first chapter <laughs> and the end for me. Well, let me know once uh, you finish reading mm -hmm. it. Sounds good, sir. And it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. Uh, stay warm. I will, my man. <laughs> Amen. I want to thank you for watching and listening to my show. Do not forget to follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, and my YouTube channel called Rolling with Ray. Also, if you're looking for a good read, don't hesitate to pick up my book here called The Life I Didn't Expect, Facing Adversity and Winning. The book is on Amazon. And until we see you again... Keep on rolling with Ray.